Turn with me to Hebrews 2 and verse 16. Hebrews 2 and verse 16. This past week we had a, a shooting over here by the get-and-go and the Dollar General. Um, and uh, someone had posted that on social media. And it was early in the morning, so I, so I uh, texted Artie and Kate, I said, hey, you guys, uh, you might want to keep an eye out. I heard there's, there was a shooting. But, uh, you know, our preparations for things like that, um, it's better to be prepared than not to be prepared. But ultimately, I don't put my trust in how prepared I am for something like that. I put my trust in Jesus. Uh, really, only He is able to truly be sovereign over the circumstances of our lives. Um, I think a lot of times control is an illusion. But I thank God that uh, the need that we have to have rest in our souls in times of trouble and chaos can be met in Jesus Christ. And um, uh, this scripture we're going to look at today talks about Jesus and uh, how he is the greatest of the great, and how because he's the greatest of the great, he is able to help us in our circumstances that we face, and how we can have rest uh, in him. This is kind of the preface to a section on God's promised rest, and so uh, it's, it is as we look to Jesus that God gives his rest in our spirit. And so we need to, to do that. And um, the title of my message is Resting in Jesus. And I want to begin reading there in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 16. It says, For it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring, or Abraham's seed. Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way, so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was in all God's household. For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder has more honor than the house. Now every house is built by someone, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's household as a testimony to what would be said in the future. But Christ was faithful as a son over his household. And we are, are that household if we hold on to our confidence and hope in which we boast. So resting in Jesus, why should we rest in him? Well, first of all, we need to rest in Jesus because he is the greatest seed. He is the greatest seed. If you look in verse 16, it's clear he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. Literally, he receives Abraham's offspring or Abraham's seed. Um, back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, uh, the curse came in and all these things, and God is telling you about the curses that are going to come upon the man, upon the woman, and so forth. But he gives a little bit of hope in Genesis 3.15. 
he says, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. So though all this havoc has been wreaked in the garden, there will become an, in, an individual who will come to set right what Satan and, the, and Adam and Eve and their choice to sin uh, had, had messed up. And so uh, the seed of the woman, then the seed of Abraham. There would be that individual that would come for whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And then the seed of David, uh, who through this one individual, there would be an eternal kingdom that would be ushered in. Uh, this prophecy of the seed is a prophecy of Jesus Christ. No matter whether it's Abraham's or David's or the seed of the woman, it is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. He is the seed. Now, in order for us to be received by God, Jesus had to be received. Uh, the offering had to be accepted in our place, and Jesus was indeed received. So Jesus is the one individual of history who can change things and restore things. And he begins by restoring the human heart like we talked about this morning. But one day he's going to restore it all. <laughs> and uh, hallelujah, there will be no more curse. There will just be... Uh, uh, joy in God's presence. There'll be no sickness, no death, no pain, no heartache. Uh, it is going to truly be a wonderful experience. And Jesus is the man for the job. Uh, if he can do that, if he can turn history back and he can fulfill the purpose he originally started out to fulfill, uh, he can help us in life. And so we can rescue him. Uh, he is sovereign and able. And so um, trust in Jesus, rest in him because he is the greatest seed. Secondly, rest in him because he is the greatest sacrifice. He says in verse 3, I'm sorry, um, it's actually in, um, in, in, verse, um, in verse 17. He said, I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> He says, therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God to make atonement, literally to propitiate for the sins of the people. That propitiate is to take the wrath of God upon himself. So, you know, sometimes uh, I get uh, disappointed in myself. You know, I, I fail God, I sin. And so forth. And the enemy will whisper in our ears and say, try to discourage us. See, see look at what you've done and, and uh, you know, why do you even try? And, and he tries to discourage us, right? But Jesus took the wrath of God in my place. Jesus paid the full price that needed to be paid for my sin. And I love what Romans 5 says. If, if we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? So Jesus is for me. The price has been paid. Uh, not only was he for me to reconcile me when I was lost and God's enemy, he's for me now. And so I can trust in him because he's the greatest sacrifice. He did what Old Testament sacrifices couldn't do. He paid the price to restore and make secure my relationship with God. And so I can rest in Jesus. I, I, nothing in my hands I bring, only to the cross I cling. I rest in Jesus Christ for my acceptance, for my hope, uh, for my rewards. Everything 
uh, is brought about and sustained by Jesus Christ that is good in my life. And I am so grateful for the sacrifice. So rest in Jesus because he's the greatest seed. Rest in Jesus because he's the greatest sacrifice. Thirdly, rest in him because he's the greatest helper. Verse uh, 18 says, For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted or tested, can be translated either way, he is able to help those who are tempted or tested. Was Jesus tempted? Absolutely yes. At the very beginning of his ministry, the, the devil takes him out to the wilderness and tempts him. The Holy Spirit leads him to the wilderness. The devil tempts him there. And, uh, of course, Jesus is tempted at different junctures. Um, as the uh, scripture says, the devil left him till an opportune time. Uh, but Jesus overcame every single temptation. Was Jesus tested? Absolutely he was tested. Uh, he was rejected by those he was closest to. Uh, he was challenged by the Jewish leadership throughout his ministry. They lied about him. They misconstrued what he said. They ultimately gave him a kangaroo court and, try, and convicted him for a crime he didn't commit. Uh, and actually, he died for the, the crimes you and I committed instead. Uh, but uh, all of this was part of the suffering of Jesus. And of course, in, in the cross, he suffered the physical pain, the physical agony, agony. Suffered the emotional agony as he's separated from his father. Suffered the spiritual agony as the wrath of God is poured out upon him for our sin in our place. Jesus understands suffering as no one else understands it. And he is able to help us because he has suffered. He is able to help us. Uh, and he helps us with the understanding of experience. He comes alongside us. Have you ever just had a discouraging time? Uh, maybe maybe circumstances are bad and uh, you come to your quiet time and you're just discouraged and you're kind of down. And as you, as you open the Word of God, the Spirit of God just touches your heart as you come across a certain verse and God encourages you. And it's like He's saying, hey, I'm here with you. I'm, we're in this thing together. Uh, don't give up. Don't lose heart. Uh, I'm here with you. Uh, or perhaps you've blown it. Have you ever had those days where you felt like you've blown it every single way? I mean, just you, you know, you uh, uh, just had kind of a bad hair day and everything seems to go wrong and you seem to, to fail. You lash out in, in anger and you do all these different things. And you kind of, and you kind of shake your head and you say, oh, Lord, what, what am I going to do with myself? And, and, and God comforts you. And he, he, maybe you come across a scripture about God's forgiveness. Or uh, One of my favorites is, Blessed is, is the man whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. And, and the Holy Spirit of God just ministers to your heart. And he refreshes you and lets you know that you're his. He's not giving up on you. Your sin is covered. And uh, you have a hope and a future. This is what he does. He comes alongside and helps us. He also answers prayer. Uh, he gives us wisdom into the circumstances of life so that we can navigate them according to his principles. And uh, he is the greatest and supreme helper. I used to have a, a picture hanging up when I was a little boy in, in my room. And uh, it shows uh, the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee and all of the storm and everything. And one of them is standing, you know, and 
and Jesus is got his hand on his shoulder, and he's pointing the way. You know, I'm convinced that when we're in a storm and when we're being tested, Jesus is right there with us, and he's able to point the way that we need to go. He is a perfect, perfect helper. Uh, Hezekiah, you remember Hezekiah? He's, uh, he's had the Assyrian army come against Jerusalem, and uh, they, they're uh, a siege that's there. And, and uh, Hezekiah finally becomes desperate. And he takes this letter that the, the Rabshakeh has sent him, and he takes it to the temple, and he rolls it out before God, and he says, look what your enemies are saying against you, Lord. Will you not deliver your people? And that night, God sends one angel, and he kills 180,000 Assyrian troops in one night. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Um, and God delivers them with a great deliverance. See, this is the helper that we have. God can take care of the situation without us even lifting a finger to do anything. Sometimes he'll use us in the solving of an issue. But he is the greatest helper. And so uh, rest in him because he's the greatest helper. So he's the greatest seed, greatest sacrifice, the greatest helper, the greatest Apostle, look at verse uh, 1 of chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle. Now, you probably, when you think of apostles, you usually don't think of Jesus. You think of the 12, right? Or maybe you think of Paul. But Jesus is the greatest apostle. All the word apostle means is somebody who is sent. The greatest mission that God ever had the greatest individual that God ever sent is Jesus Christ. He was sent to take care of the problem of sin. I'm going to tell you, there's not another apostle that could have done that. Jesus took care of a problem only he could solve. God overcame sin, overcame death, opened the way to eternal life through Jesus' amazing work. But Jesus is continually sent to us. You remember Abraham in the Old Testament? He has the three men come to visit him. And we find out later that uh, two of them are angels. They, they're part of the ones that kind of usher Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah before they're destroyed. But one speaks to Abraham and, and tells him about Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham is able to intercede for the city. But God sent, we find out he is... The pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. And here he is communicating with Abraham. God sent him at a critical time in Abraham's life when he knew that Abraham would be concerned about his nephew Lot. And he made a way for Lot and his family to be delivered. And he blessed Abraham by sending Jesus to Abraham at just the right time. Um, when Stephen was being stoned, after preaching a, a very powerful message uh, that made a bunch of people mad, uh, it's nice to know that that happens at other times other than ours, <laughs> uh, Jesus appears to Stephen at his moment of greatest need. The heavens are open. He says, I see the heavens open. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He sees Jesus looking down at him. Jesus is the sent one. Listen, you say, well, I thought Jesus was at the right hand of God. He is. 
But he's also God the Son, which means he's omnipresent. <laughs> he's able to be anywhere he wants to be while his glory remains at the right hand of the Father. And so uh, Paul says it this way, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ continually ministers to his people. He comes to us in our point of need. He's sent by the Father to meet the needs we have. Have you ever had a need, but you didn't know what the need was? Uh, I've, I've had that prayer a couple of times, a number of times in my life, where I've said, Lord, I'm not sure what I need. Please give it to me. <laughs> and, uh, but God often does that by sending Jesus to minister to us in our situation. So he's the greatest apostle. Rest in him that God can send him to you at your point of need. Next, he is the greatest priest. He says, he is the apostle and high priest of our confession. This is the first time in Hebrews Jesus is called the high priest. His priesthood has been mentioned, but he's called the high priest here. Um, Jesus is the greatest priest. Now, he's going to go on to prove this uh, and, and look at Old Testament scriptures and so forth. But what does this mean to, to you and me? What does, a, what does a priest do? Well, the priests, uh, they offered sacrifices. We talked about that. Jesus offered himself. They, they prayed for the people. That's a wonderful ministry. He ever lived to intercede for us. They protected the sanctuary. Guess what the sanctuary is today? You and me. <laughs> That's a great thing. Uh, and so um, uh, they, they were uh, those who taught the, uh, the people of Israel the doctrine, the instruction of God's word. Uh, all of these were the functions of the priests. And, and Jesus does these things as no one else does them. He prays for us as no one else prays for us. Now listen, you can pray in the Spirit. And, and as we pray in the Spirit, we're being guided by the Spirit so that we pray for the things He wants us to pray for. But uh, Jesus doesn't have to deal with sin to get in the place where He can pray in the Spirit. He always does. He always prays perfectly according to the will of God. He always prays with a perfect heart of love for us. He always prays with perfect wisdom in what we need and how to go about bringing the, the, uh, the intervention that we need in life. He prays for us perfectly. Uh, of course, we were talking about his sacrifice, but uh, his protection is perfect. Now, uh, if you read, this is a real obscure story, but if you read in the book of Numbers, uh, there's a fellow named Phineas, not to be confused with the Phineas of Hophni and Phineas later of uh, Samuel's uh, 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 contemporaries. But this is before that in the time of the wilderness wanderings. And Phineas, during a time of idolatry, they had uh, a man who brought a Moabite woman into his tent and they were engaging in uh, uh, sexual immorality in uh, the worship of this foreign god. And Phineas, as a priest, protecting the holiness, it was right in front of the, the uh, tabernacle courts, uh, to protect the holiness of God, he takes a spear, goes into the tent, and shoves it down through both of them. Uh, that's something you don't see in the average Baptist church. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, he does that, and the Bible says that he appeases God in that, and uh, that God uh, stopped uh, the judgment, hindered the judgment that was coming upon them. 
because of Phineas, and God committed Phineas for his zeal for the house of God, much like Jesus' zeal as he cleanses the temple. But Jesus has a zeal for you and me. We're the tabernacle of God. Uh, God dwells in us. And he protects us as his people. And what he does allow, he allows for the sake of his kingdom and ultimately to bring about our good. Uh, Romans 8 tells us God works all things together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. And so God rewards us for the things we do suffer in this life, but it is wonderful to know that Nothing can come to us except first it passes through the hands of our great high priest, Jesus Christ, who protects us. So rest in him because he is the greatest priest. Uh, He is also the greatest prophet. If you look in verse, uh, uh, verse 3, it says, Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses. Now, uh, the audience of the book of Hebrews, uh, there's a large Jewish population apparently in this church, and they revered Moses. Moses, if you, if you understand how the Jews viewed the Old Testament, which is we call the Old Testament, they called the Torah and the writings and, and the prophets and the three divisions of Scripture. Well, that first five books of the Old Testament, they called the Torah. And the Torah was the most important part of the Scripture to the Jewish people. The the Scripture that was penned by Moses under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Now, all of it's inspired. All of it's from God. But the Jews especially revered Moses. But the writer here says, look, Moses was just a servant. (laughs) Moses was faithful. He was a great man. He was a faithful servant over God's household. But he was just in his service looking forward to the greater, as Moses even made a prophecy, the prophet like me, the greater prophet like me uh, that you need to listen to. Uh, He was anticipating the work of Jesus. But you see, Moses was just a servant. Jesus is a son. Moses just cared for God's people. Jesus constituted the church. He he made the church uh, by sending the Spirit. Uh, Jesus created the people. I mean, he is the one who built the house. I mean, however you want to take that, if you want to take it physically, if you want to take it spiritually, it all began with Jesus Christ. He is the one who made the people of God. He doesn't just care for them. He's their creator. He's the one who saved their soul. So he is a greater servant and the greater prophet then Moses <laughs> asked the temple servants who were sent to arrest him. They said, nobody ever spoke like this man before. They got so spellbound by Jesus' speech as he prophesied, as he spoke the truth of God, they, they just they had to listen. I think it's funny that uh, many times people will decide that they want to make fun of an evangelist. I heard, I, I think I mentioned about Billy Graham uh, going to make fun of evangelists, and he got saved and became an evangelist. Uh, but uh, in this case, uh, D.L. Moody was going to Harvard uh, to speak at Harvard. Now, uh, there were a group of pagan, godless students at Harvard that wanted to make fun of Mr. Moody. 
And uh, Mr. Moody, he didn't talk too well. He, he didn't use the king's English. He, he just kind of, he was, uh, he used, his words were mispronounced and all these things. And, and they were just going to come have a good time making fun of this guy that they considered to be an idiot. They came into place, and the Spirit of God fell upon them, and every single one of them gave their hearts to Christ. Isn't it it just amazing? Listen, uh, when the Spirit of God is speaking through God's people, there's a power in it. Jesus did that as no one else. He was the anointed one. That's what Messiah means. That's what Christ means, the anointed one. Uh, He is the greatest prophet listen to his words listen to the scripture he's given us listen to his spirit that he has given to speak to our hearts and respond to him and rest in him because he's the greatest prophet so jesus is the greatest seed the greatest sacrifice the greatest helper the greatest apostle the greatest priest the greatest prophet finally the greatest son look at verse six christ was faithful as a son over his household and we are that household you see jesus i mentioned before moses was a servant jesus was the one who created us but jesus also is god the son and as god the son jesus has perfect wisdom perfect power And the ability to help us with whatever we may face. I love what Isaiah said to the people of God uh, to comfort them as as they were experiencing the judgment of God. He said, said, fear not. The judgment's over. Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. This is what Jesus came to do. He came not only to save us from sin, but to be our Savior and to be the Son of God to us personally uh, to sustain us in this life. This is the reason we can have rest. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I don't care what political groups are doing, what governments are doing, Jesus is still God the Son. And ultimately, his purpose must stand. Uh, kings come and kings go. Jesus said, there'll be wars and rumors of war. See that you be not troubled, for the end is not yet. Um, another scripture says, Jesus says, in this world you have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. <laughs> There's nothing that any individual or group of people can do on this earth that Jesus can't handle. He's the Son. And so we can rest in Him. One, one scripture in the Psalms says, uh, Stop your striving, or be still, and know that I am God. In the midst of all the craziness, in the midst of all the confusion that's going on in our culture right now, God is still God. Jesus Christ is still his son. There's still a hope and a future for God's people because of God and his heart of love for us. So take heart and lift up your head. Uh, Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you for the...